Greetings, friends, and welcome to Dr. Darian's Musings. My name is Darian Duckworth, and every week it is an honor to reflect with you upon God's goodness in the world. I invite you to join me in a breath prayer based on Scripture, and then it'll be followed by the audio version of this week's written musing. My prayer for you, as always, is that you will give yourself permission to pause and reflect on God's goodness for a few moments, to hear His voice, and perhaps see Him at work in a new way. And now, let us listen to him together. Let us take a moment now to take a deep breath in wherever we are and slowly exhale that breath. Let us take another deep inhale, centering our awareness on Jesus and fully exhale, releasing and letting go of that which you do not need. Let us inhale again together Focusing on his goodness and exhaling, releasing praise and glory to him. And let's connect this scripture now to our breath. From Titus chapter 2. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all. Inhaling together. The grace of God has appeared. Exhaling, bringing salvation to all. Inhaling, the grace of God has appeared. Exhaling, bringing salvation to all. Inhaling, the grace of God has appeared. Exhaling, bringing salvation to all. Inhaling, the grace of God has appeared. Exhale, bringing salvation to all to all. Inhaling, the grace of God has appeared. Exhaling, bringing salvation to all. Inhaling, the grace of God has appeared. Exhale, bringing salvation to all. On the eve of the winter solstice, December 20th, 2022. Margaret Rinkle writes in the New York Times, Officially the first day of astronomical winter, the solstice is better known as the shortest day of the year. I prefer to think of it as the longest night of the year, for I am making friends with darkness. One of the best reading discoveries I made this year was the work of Margaret Rinkle, I read her essay collections, Late Migrations and Graceland at Last, and I look forward to her weekly column in the New York Times. I was not surprised to see that this week's column, which includes the quotation I just shared, was all about the winter solstice. I used to give very little thought to December 21st. I knew it was technically the start of winter and four days before Christmas and that the sun set really early. When a need for blue Christmas and longest night services came to my attention years ago in the community I was living in, I knew that December 21st and I needed to get to know each other a little bit better. I am writing and recording this post on December 20th, the eve of the winter solstice, and I agree with Margaret Rinkle. I prefer the phrase longest night to shortest day. In the spirit of Advent, even here in its fourth week, today is one of preparation. 
preparing to be present and prayerful with those whose worlds feel far more tilted toward darkness than light. Even though I'm not part of a blue Christmas service this year and haven't been since 2015, the days leading up to Christmas include tending to those who are lonely, those with an empty seat at their table, and those affected strongly by the seasons. This is a day filled with permission to sit with the grief, to wait through that long night for a new dawn. We need not race to the light, for in Christ Jesus, the light has strolled toward us as we wait in the darkness. So often, we use the word darkness as a synonym for sin, which in some parts of Scripture is accurate. However, the scriptures also, in the scriptures we also see that darkness can represent a lot of different things. It can represent an absence, a void, circumstances, or locations. It can, prep- it can represent doubt or uncertainty. It can represent an uncertain season of not being able to see clearly what the next step is. Darkness can simply mean chaos or confusion. When Margaret Wrinkle writes about becoming quote-unquote friends with darkness, I sense an invitation to slow down, to be still with what we are experiencing, and to do so in communion with God and in community with others. Last week, I stumbled upon an old cemetery. Yeah, I know. I just wrote about cemeteries a few months ago. It's something I write about a lot. And in this old cemetery were headstones dating back to the 1860s. As I walked and I read the inscriptions of strangers, all I could think about was the phrase, the communion of the saints, those who had gone before, those who presently are, and those who will come after, those who dwell in light eternal, and those of us who still live in the darkness of a broken world, albeit sprinkled with glimpses of that eternal light. The winter solstice invites us to remember that in the days leading up to Jesus' birth, his parents also struggled in the darkness. They made an arduous and dangerous journey. They were poor, mistreated, and weary, and all of that came before the pangs of childbirth had even begun on the muddy floor of a dank stable. The darkness likely felt unconquerable, and yet hope was born. Light began to dawn, and slowly, like the work of healing and like the work of grief, a baby was born and grew into a man who would step toward the darkness of death once and for all. For that baby who became the man who stepped into the darkness, let us prepare him room. Thank you so much for listening to God with me today. To read this and other musings, learn more about Christian yoga, and find resources on grief and so much more, visit my website, darianduckworth.com. A link is in the show notes. You'll also find in the show notes a link to the article by Margaret Wrinkle that I quoted, as well as the musical selection for this week, which is Hallelujah, Christ is Born by Caroline Cobb. I look forward to visiting with you again next week, friends, and until then... All good things and a very Merry Christmas to each of you.